thank you, Jason, for reading our scripture passage today from 1 John chapter 5. As some of you have maybe been following along with us this summer, we've been looking at 1 John in our sermon series here at the church on Sunday morning, and also recently on our Rooted in Christ reading plan. And of course, if you'd like to connect to our reading plan, please reach out to us at St. Matthew's, and we'd love to add you to that. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to connect to God each and every day. Now, as we wrap up First John and go into chapter 5, there are so many pieces to the scripture that we can focus on. And I honestly had a hard time kind of zeroing in on what the Holy Spirit was leading me to talk to you today. And a word came into my mind later in the week that, that just resonated, and I hope it resonates with you as I was reading through and preparing for this, this sermon on 1 John chapter 5, and that word is family. Family. Let me read to you again the first verse here of 1 John chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. And see, to me, that just screams at us, family. You know, for better or for worse, growing up my entire life, when someone asked me my last name, it always ended up being a conversation starter. First, they'd say, okay, is that Johnson with a T or without a T? And I'd have to explain to them, yes, it's Johnson with a T. And now my wife and kids have that, that lovely opportunity for a conversation starter that says, yes, our last name is with a T. Now, there's a good story that goes along with that that I'll share later in another sermon, not today. But that kind of shaped me growing up. I had to learn how to spell my last name early, early on, because I always had to correct people. It's Johnson with a T. But that's not the only thing that comes from my family that impacted me in my life. You know, our families, for better or for worse, shape us of who we are. You know, whether we grow up being like our families or we grow up saying we're not going to be like our families, it, it has different reasons, but it shapes our worldview in a way, especially early on in life. You know, my dad, he worked. My dad was a worker. He worked a lot of times three jobs to provide for my sister and I. Growing up, we went without nothing. We had the best opportunities, the best place to live. We are, I'm truly grateful for the sacrifices that he made so that I can have what I had growing up. And as a father myself, I truly appreciate all the hard work that he put into our family. My mom, early on, she didn't work as much. She tried to stay home as long as she could. And then when she did go to work, it was usually part-time or very flexible so she could be there for my sister and I, taking us up from school, bringing us home, making sure we do our homework, making sure we were doing, doing good, and making sure we knew when we were doing bad. But the one thing my mom taught me that I never, and that I will never forget, and it helped shape who I became later in life. She said, you know what? Nobody in this earth can take away your education. So go as far as you can in your education. And that was saying a lot because her and my dad never went to college. My mom went to college later on when I was in high school. When, when I wasn't needed, needed her at home as much, she went back and got her degree. But that always stuck with me. And so when I became a teacher, my first profession, I always tell people, you can always be a lifelong learner. Knowledge is something that will never go away. No one can take away your knowledge and your education. And now that I've moved into ministry, the message is very similar, but when it comes to your faith, 
No one can take your faith away. No one can take away who you are. And that's what I like about this passage here from 1 John chapter 5, the very first verse. Again, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. When you recognize who Jesus is, you are part of God's family. You are God's. You are claimed by Him. And Jesus the Christ is a powerful statement. It doesn't say that you just believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus the Christ. And that is significant. You know, and we have to think about what is it with Jesus that makes us part of God's family? What do we know about this, this person, this being that, that connects us to the family of God? Going back to our scripture passages in verse 6 and 10 through 12, it says, Jesus, this is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. In the verse 10, those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony in their hearts. Those who do not believe in God have made him a liar, but not believing in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. We are connected to God through our belief that Jesus is the Christ. And He came from water and blood. And we have the testimony written on our hearts when we believe. And this is how we are known we are born of God. Then moving forward, once we know, we begin to hold on to His commandments. And the world begins to see us living out His commandments. And they then begin to realize we are part of God. The commandments while they may be easy to understand, as, they, as it says in Scripture, they're not burdensome. However, it can be complicated. It can be complicated. Verses 2 through 3 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and obey His commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Burdensome. While they may not be hard to understand, they're hard to live out sometimes, though. And we have to acknowledge that as well. And nothing pleases God more than when we live out His commandments, especially amongst our brothers and sisters in Christ. As we love one another, we love God. And the world sees us love one another, and they begin to see God in us. And this is important for us to realize, because... A lot of times, we feel like we're not connected to God. We're not connected to Him. We don't feel Him in our lives. For some reason or the other, we're, our vision is clouded. And this is how evil can do that. Evil can cloud our vision. Evil can make us feel disconnected. We may not even know it or know what it is. But John gives us this warning, going back to Scripture. His warning comes here in verses 20 through 21. It says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him. Who is true? In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. But here's our warning. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
That may sound odd to us today to put that last verse in there, but what does it mean, beware of idols? You see, idols can be obvious things like statues. It can be also not so obvious. Idols in our lives can be our jobs. We can be so consumed with our jobs. It can be ourselves. So consumed on how we look or where our status is in this world. It can be other people. It can honestly be anything that replaces a true relationship from knowing Jesus and knowing God. Whatever you insert in your life that keeps you from worshiping God and knowing God becomes an idol because it takes your attention. That is true back then, and it's true today. In today's time, the past four months, it has been real easy for us to have our attention drawn away from God. It's been really easy. It's not just like we have one thing, but the big picture things. Yes, we have a global pandemic. Everybody's fully aware of that. It consumes our everyday thoughts. Whether you believe it or you don't believe it, it impacts your day. We have an economy in our country and throughout the world that's struggling to take root and get going back again like it was. We have schools. Those of us who are families with children or grandparents with children or caregivers with children. School starts in our area in the next few weeks. And none of us are real sure still what it's how it's going to look. It seems to change each and every day. And then there's politics. On top of that, it's an election season. So we got that going on. So there's so much going on in our world today that can pull our attention away from God. And it becomes easy that we're distracted. We're disconnected. And you know, going back to the idol verse, we have to be careful. Because if these things continue to consume our minds so much, then what we're doing is worshiping those things. Intellectually, we know we don't want to do that. But practically, that's what it becomes when it consumes our every thought that God is no longer in our minds. We are no longer keeping His commandments and loving His children of God. And people begin to not see us as children of God. And we have to be careful of that. That's how we can have our vision clouded. But guess what? God has not advocated His throne. He is still here. He still has a plan for each and every one of us. And you know what that plan is? Let me tell you. We get a little snippet here. In verses 4 through 5, it says, For whatever is born of God conquers the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world. Our faith, who it is, that conquers the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. God wins. His people Jesus conquered the world, and there's so much to conquer. But as we act together as the body of Christ, the family of God, we will not be defeated. Whatever God claims will not die, will not be defeated by evil. So everything that you see in this world today that is consuming your thoughts, God is going to defeat it. And we are part of that path. Do not forget. Do not have fear. Do not let that fear hinder you to live out a life that glorifies Him. 
because it's so easy to allow those things to cloud us. It's so easy for us to forget that message. He is the one that is constant in this world. Everything has a season. Everything will pass. We know that God wins. The devil is defeated. So right now, it may feel like halftime. It may feel like we're down by four touchdowns and the other team is winning and we're sitting in the field house with our heads hanging low and ready to give up with the whole world watching. But that's not going to happen. We're not going to lose. We will share in God's victory over in this world. With His help, we can be the people we are called to be. So no matter what comes our way, because these challenges we face today are not going to be the only challenges you are going to face. Scripture never promises an easy, earthly life. Even Jesus had struggles. We all will have struggles. But the message here today is this. For those who believe that Jesus is the Christ, we are born of God. We are part of God's family. And we will share in God's victory. Because whatever God does wins out. And we have to be careful that whatever struggles that we may have today and in the future, be aware. Don't let it consume your thoughts. Don't let it cloud your eyes. And don't let it become something that takes your attention and that becomes what you worship instead of our Lord. May we be aware of this today. May we celebrate in Jesus. May we celebrate in God and His claim on us and His love for us and that we can participate with Him in His ministry here on earth. So have hope. Love God. And let's share in the victory ahead as the family of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give You thanks. We give You thanks for being present in our lives. And today, Lord, everything may seem uncertain for many of us. We may see no end in sight, but Lord, give us hope. Give us hope that your victory is soon. Give us hope, Lord, that this too shall pass. Because, Lord, Scripture tells us it's so. And so we give you thanks. We give you thanks, and we give you thanks for Jesus Christ, in whom in which we pray. Amen.